Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Hi there, folks. Welcome back to WP Tonic. It's our Great Friday show. It's episode 221. Oh, there I do well, folks. It's the second episode. I've got the actual number correct. I'm on a, I'm on a wave here. Uh, um, we've got a great panel. We've got some, we had some desserts, but it is August and people, that's what they do, isn't it? Uh, um, but we've got some great news stories and our main subject is going to be email marketing and automation in 2017. You know, email is expanding in some ways. So I'm going to let my great panel introduce themselves, ladies first, and my co-host, Kim Schivler. Hi, everybody. I'm Kim Schivler of White Glove Web Training and HowToBuildAnOnlineCourse.com. Happy to be back. I missed last week. Right. I'm going to let Jason introduce himself. Go on, Jason. Hey, listeners. Uh, My name is Jason Marlowe. I'm a marketing consultant and a WordPress consultant. And um, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be alive. Yes. Yeah, he was interviewed <laughs> on Wednesday and he survived the experience. I did. Uh, I did. I missed, did. I missed Kim, though. You did? I missed yeah. it. I hated my, I, I had. <laughs> I was completely not fit for human consumption. No, Jonathan said you did a runner. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> All right. And we've got another great panelist. We've got Mendel. Would you like to introduce yourself, Mendel? Yeah, um, I'm Mendel. Uh, and I'm, I'm coming to you live from my hotel room uh, near near the venue for uh, WordCamp for Publishers. The first oh, ever WordCamp for Publishers in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, so anyway, uh, nice. that's, that, that's where I am. And, uh, oh, I work for GoDaddy um, on the GoDaddy Pro Project. I actually thought it was a French prison cell, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of wondering about the lighting. That well, that's um, that's kind of you know all you get at a um, at an embassy suite. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to inform the listeners that are not listening to the live feed of the show. I was just, I was boring the panel with my episodes in France, folks, where I got done for speeding. And I've got a bit of advice for you, folks. If you do go to France and you get stopped for speeding. Pay the fine straight away, folks. <laughs> Don't decide to argue with them and end up in a French police cell overnight. It's not a very nice experience. Uh, um, so we move forward and uh, um, we go for our first story. And that's from Dreamhost and it's published by Dreamhost. We fight for users. Um <laughs> I'm going to let Jason um, start with this. Um, Jason, what did you think of this one? Um, I don't know why, but uh, I was a little shocked when I first read this about the intrusiveness of the, uh, I guess it's the Department of Justice. Um, why, why, asking, are you, why are you surprised, actually, Jason? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I was. Um, uh, I, I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe the audacity that they would that they would request this data and information uh, from what was the site? It was. Um, uh, a site to, to, to organize protests? Is that what it was? Yeah, it, it was the um, um, when President Trump was um, the biggest um, 
what was his words? The biggest crowd in history ever turned up for his inaugural. Um, yeah, 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 and yeah. they were it was um these horrible people that were going to protest against him on the day and they had this website and now the justice wants to put every every person right. that went to the website you're going to be visited by them or well, they're right. attempting that aren't they yeah so um you know I if you want to come uh... see me you can come anytime you like i'll make you a <laughs> cup of tea Justice Department people, you know, wherever you want to, you know, I'm quite, you know, I went to the website. If you want to come and have a chat with me, please feel free, you know. All right. Yeah. You know, it, it made me feel good. I mean, I've used, um, I've used uh, DreamHost in the past. Um, I left them, not for any fault of their own, just I found something that served my needs better. Um, and so it made me, it made me happy as a, as a past client. Uh, to know that they were so vocal about the stance that they're taking and they didn't just readily just hand everything over. So uh, that made me happy. So I, must, I, like, must, I like the article. It must have been tempting just to um, fall over and put your four, four feet up, you know, and just give them everything they wanted because the money yeah. and the aggro this is probably causing dream most must be amazing. Mendel, what did you think? Yeah, so... I- I agree. I think it's great that they did it. Um, I, I would just say, I think the majority of reputable hosts, so hosts that have been around a while, have spent time in the industry, have have any sort of um, uh, reputation. So, uh, you know, um, anybody that you can think of that's a big name that kind of rolls off the, the top of your head, I think all of all of those hosts um, probably would treat this request in a similar way. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's great. Um, I think it's an indication that, um, you know, private industry is um, is kind of taking um, a stance that I, you know, I personally agree with um, uh, to, to protect, to protect users um, and the content they create from, um, from uh, from un- unusual um, investigation, uh, unless unless there's there's a real um, uh, uh, you know there there are certain legal things you can't get past. There are certain um, moral things that that you shouldn't get past, right? Um, and so uh, I think I think everybody in the hosting industry is is generally trying to just do the right thing. Um, most of the time, uh, you know, they get it. Uh, some of the time they don't. In this case, uh, it, it was. I, I think it's. I think it's uh, uh, personally not talking on behalf of the company I work for. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think it's a great thing. So. Yeah, but uh, what I should before I go to Kim, I, I really. Um, I should have given some background information to the listeners. We're talking about DreamHost have. Um, had some legal problems with the Justice Department, who's on a trawling exercise. Mm. Um, one of the worst examples of overreach by government that um, I've seen in a long while. They, they no, basically... that's Jonathan's. Uh, by the way, that's that's Jonathan's editorial too. <laughs> <laughs> there, I while while I'm I'm guessing all four of us on on this uh, show agree. 
there are many in the country that would not agree as yeah, well. Tony, this is my take, folks. Thank you, Mendel. Thank you for that. <laughs> I do make that clear. Thank you. This is my this is my interpretation, but it's my show anyway. So, uh, um, so um, they found some old daughter of a dark judge that's probably near to snuffing it, and who doesn't probably know what IP address is. And they probably got him out of bed in the middle of the night and he signed the warrant. And um, all the, um, uh, what I've um, listened to, all the nasty stuff was on the last page of, of the warrant. Um, but as a, but if you've been an experienced judge, I suppose they always get to, the, they always swip to the last page because they know that they're going to bun something nasty at the end of it anyway. But um, obviously you didn't read it all. So off they go to Dreamhost um, on this trawling exercise to find out these enemies of state that actually uh, visited a website. And uh, Dreamhost just told them to clear off and um, they're in a bit of a legal battle. That's the basic facts of it, which is my interpretation. Thank you, Mendel. So, Kim, what did you reckon about it? Well, I agreed with what you guys said, but I thought... When I read it, it was a good reminder that they pointed out just how often this does happen to all web hosts, how often they are approached with, we want the information of X, Y, and Z. And that, you know, they were just really pointing out, I thought, their process of, we look at it, and if our legal deems this to be wacko like this one, we're going to fight it. And I, I think it was just a good reminder to us that this stuff is going on behind the scenes and they chose to publish it or publicize it which i i appreciate because it's it's something all of us should keep in mind that happens i i I was gonna kind of punctuate that point with one other thing and that is um speaking non-specifically um, I, I can tell you that um, there, there are many, many things that are happening. You know, people usually talk about the security vulnerabilities that hosts are involved in fighting or networks are involved in fighting. Um, but it, it goes so much deeper than that. It's, um, you know, it's child pornography. It's uh, human trafficking. It's, um, uh, you know, illegal, um, uh, illegal content or takedown requests. There, there, there's all of this stuff that... Um, happens in the background that I think a lot of people kind of take for granted. They're like, oh yeah, you're our, you know, $5.99 a month um, host or, or $30 a month host or whatever. But there's, there's a lot of stuff. Um, and, and uh, WordPress.com goes through it um, uh, as, as well as um, the, the independent web hosts. Right. And so it, it's just, it's, it's interesting. If you dig into it, you'll, you'll learn that a lot of hosts um, have, have uh, lawyers and legal teams that are dedicated specifically to um, to this type of stuff, or that are are fighting these types of things uh, on on Capitol Hill. So it's it's like it's um, there's a lot of shit there. There's a lot of shit that uh, people have to to deal with uh, if they're if they're hosting websites, um, or even if they're hosting the infrastructure that hosts websites like Amazon or Cloudflare or or whatever so it's interesting yeah thanks for that so i think we go on to the next story um and that's gravity forms stops stops entries plugging aims to help sites comply with eu's 
GDPR. And this is from Sarah Gooding, and it's from the WP Tavern. And um, it's kind of linked to our previous story, but I also, and also the main topic in some ways, because it's about, it's about storing data from um, Gravity Forms or any form plugin in your database and the consequences that that might lead to. What did you think of um, this one? Um, let's start with Kim. What did you think of this one? Well, a couple <coughs> different things. The, it, the, there were t the article contradicted itself. In, in one, it said uh, you can't. Uh, you can't save this on the database uh, in your database and then later on it said well actually it doesn't keep it from it so I went to actually read the thing and I mean part of their rules are we're not allowed to have legalese in our privacy statements well let me tell you that is the <laughs> hardest document to read uh, I couldn't figure out exactly what the rules were mm. but the big thing that came to me was okay I'm not allowed to take people's data Forget the forms, because it, the, the actual, what I could read from it, it didn't just say from forms, it said grabbing people's personal data. Well, mm -hmm. what about my security plugin that grabs people's IP addresses and if they're misbehaving, keeps it in the database and blocks them in the future? <clears throat> Is that affected now? I don't have an answer. Yeah, you better write to um, go down to his legal department and ask them. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Sorry, Mendel. Uh, oh, God, he's giving me a strange look there. Uh, um, right, I bet quickly go on to Jason. What, what, yeah, it was a bit of a strange article. That's well pointed, actually. What do you think of it? Um, I liked it. Um, I've got a um, I've got a good many customers in the medical industry, so it got me really to thinking about uh, here in the U.S. We have uh, HIPAA laws, yeah. um, and they're so lovely, they're lovely, and you definitely don't want to get on the wrong side of those, do you? Yeah, no. So uh, it got me to really it actually spurred me to spurred me to start doing a little bit more research into HIPAA to make sure that uh, the clients that I've done in the past were all compliant and because. Uh, uh, you know, it, it really got me thinking. Uh, and it also got me to want to actually try out um, this plugin. What's it called? Wider, wider gravity forms, stop entries. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely thinking of uh, trying it because I use gravity forms a lot for my sites, um, unfortunately. Um, but, um, and I say unfortunately because maybe if we talk about the third article, I'll, I'll throw some reasons in there. But, um uh, but no, uh, it really got me thinking about HIPAA and how we can uh, and how we just really just need to be so secure and make sure that we are uh, good custodians of uh, our customers' data um, and their clients as well. So um, yeah, really, really got me to do a lot more research. Yeah, that's the main reason. Before I go on to Mendel and what he thought about it, that's the main reason why I included it because I think you really got to think about this in a little bit more detail. You know, obviously with e-commerce websites, you got all the um, regulation about taking credit card details, but I think as you pointed out, Jason, you got Hippo, you got other like you know, if your website's international, you got the European common market, got other countries' um, rules. You, you probably um, going to have to think about this in a little bit more detail, aren't you, depending on the website. What do you think, Mendel? Um, 
<laughs> two, two separate, two separate issues. One, I freaking love Carl Hancock. I think, I think he's a great dude. And I think the company that, um, he's created around, uh, gravity forms is awesome. Um, I think this should be a core feature of, uh, gravity forms. Um, this is, this is a checkbox. Um, and it's silly that it's in any plugin. And I know before it was a paid plugin. Um, and, uh, I can't remember who published it. It was a third party. Um, I just, honestly, I, I use gravity forms a lot. Um, I'm a paid user. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not on a free demo license or anything like that. Um, and yeah. I, I would just love for it to be core. Um, the, the, the other issue, which is, um, compliance. Uh, I, I think this article is great because it, it sheds a light on compliance that people maybe didn't know, know that they needed to, um, to take care of, uh, when dealing with customers in Europe. Uh, but again, I think the issues are, are separate. Um, uh, that, uh, saving or not saving in the database should be core to any forms plugin. And, uh, on the other side of that, um, read this overly complicated piece of information and then try and implement it as best you can. Uh, because <clears throat> this stuff, as we know, starts off simple and then um, can can really uh, cause some headaches down the road if you don't comply. So. And I think really it just emphasizes, you know, you know, use a quality hosting provider, you know, have, you know, keep your plugins up to date, have some mind about security, about even if you're not in e-commerce, you are probably taking people's information if they're filling forms in. And you've got to take some basic security steps to keep that secure. And if you don't, you might be opening yourself to some problems. That uh, That's why I included the article, because um, prevention is always better than cure, isn't it? You know, um, preventing something going wrong it's always better than having to deal with a mess afterwards, isn't it? You learn that as you get older, folks, I can assure you. I think we will go on to the uh, third story quickly. Um, and then we go for our break, which was, um, I'm going to butcher the gentleman's name that published this. I'm going to ask for Jason's help here. Um, so uh, thanks thanks <laughs> it's all your fault um here so basically it's from the talk and the article here's what it takes to make a wordpress website mobile friendly um and it's by nick just nick nick this does say nick then um, yeah. and you can find you can find because i'm gonna butcher the name i'm literally gonna just um does my co-host want to have a go at it Oh, no, you don't, do you? Right, that's it. They're all, they're all... I'll make up a last name if you want. <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs> Gonzalez. Oh, Gonzalez. Okay. That's yeah. close. That's it's close, very, yeah. very close. Our, our, ho um, our guest this coming Wednesday is German. She could tell us how to say it when she all comes right, that's good. I'll, I'll save it and ask her because um, okay. I, I've had people email me saying they didn't appreciate me butchering their name. So there we go. Oh, man. Uh, um, <laughs> so, um, Jason, do you want to start off with this one? Um, you know, I, I feel like it was a little... Um, I don't know, this is going to make me sound like a total jerk, but it felt beneath me. Um, I was like, okay, well, this is all kind of obvious. This is all kind of stuff that um, should have been published 
years and years ago. Um, and uh, it's kind of, uh, kind of made me scratch my head to figure out why uh, WP Engine, which is who runs Torque, uh, why they would be publishing this. But I guess it's for the, it's yeah, for the I, people who've had I, their head in the sand for so long. Yeah, I just want to quickly, uh, not being rude here, but just quickly interrupt. That was exactly my feeling when I was reading it, actually, um, Jason. But mm. I think we're in a bubble. Um, I think you get into a community bubble, WordPress bubble, a web design bubble, whatever the bubble is. Mm-hmm. And you think <clears throat> this should, be, this is all, this is all pretty obvious stuff. But yeah. I can tell you, and, and hopefully Mendel's going to agree with this, maybe, um, is that what's obvi- obvious in the bubble isn't obvious to ninety percent of the population. Um, that, that's one of the reasons why I included the story, Jason. Well, I'll tell you why I thought it was really dated. Um, and, and, I, and I know what you mean by the bubble because uh, when I'm having client meetings, I have to constantly make myself not speak the way I would speak to maybe like you guys. Um, but um, I'll tell you why it feels dated because it's, it's, these, it's these ways to kind of hack your site into making sure that it looks good on mobile and that it's responsive. Um, and uh, this obviously should have been done years and years and years ago. Um, and it just, it pains me to think that people are just now kind of coming on board, even though what it was a year or two years ago, Google told us that it was going to start taking mobile friendliness into, into account more often. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm like, okay, this is, this is really late to the game. You should have published this years ago. Uh, because at this point it shouldn't be these little hacks that you do to your site. It should be responsive from the ground up. Uh, and I feel like the, the, the article kind of starts out by saying, you know, if you have to stick with your current site theme, like if you don't want to change, this is what you can do to fix it. But that shouldn't be the approach. Uh, and it kind of frustrates me that Torque would kind of produce content like that, that wouldn't be centered around making your website the best it can be rather than making it work as is. So that just had me a little frustrated. Yep, I understand it. What did you think, Mendel? Um, the, uh, the article, uh, what, what's strange to me is that the article is published on Torque. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, so the majority of, of websites out there are small business websites. Um, and, uh, they're also created by small business owners that, um, don't really know about, or in some cases don't care about, um, mobile friendliness, unless you tell them they're going to sell more drinks, sell more sandwiches, have more people come in and buy their t-shirts, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so a, a, a few things, number one, um, this is a great article for small business owners that are trying to hack this stuff together themselves and yeah. have thought to themselves, man, you know what? I know I, I read somewhere about, um, or I went to the SBDC or, or something like that. And I, and I, and I <laughs> found out that I need to make my website mobile friendly. How do I do that? Um, instead of retheming, which can be a super arduous process, something that they, it takes them a lot of time to do because they're not experienced and they're trying to run a, you know, a restaurant or, or something like that. Um, mm. this, this can be a really great solution, even though, um, you know, it, it's not a great solution. Um, th- that being said, I don't know why Torp, um, published it in particular because it's not, it's really not their demographic I don't think right so like this looks like an article that um, honestly would appear on GoDaddy's garage um, because our core is small business customers or on you know if Bluehost has a 
um, blog or, or something like that, right? But um, but it, yeah, it does it does seem odd um, to be there. The, the only other thing, it's great advice, but like this is a non-notable article. There are a million articles like this one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I think I think it was I think the suggestions are super solid. Um, and that um, that it's it's a totally defensible article to have out there to to help people and yeah some of the techniques are older but again um, my affirmation uh, aforementioned um, uh, thoughts right um, probably combat that uh, I just I think it's a strange place for it to be and so maybe that's why it looks looks weird there so well I think, I think they're great points actually um so, so I, that, I was puzzled by that it was one of the reasons why but i wasn't gonna i was gonna see you uh, agreed with some of my thoughts and you have both of you i also want to point out folks i'm not being sexist i've left kim a few times in these conversations so far the last person but um she's recovering from a really bad cold and she said she needed to She'd come on the show as a trooper, but she needed a saver <laughs> voice. So I thought I would leave it to the end, and then she can just pass comment on the other people. That's why I'm doing it, folks. Um, so, Kim, uh, um, what did you think about it? The same. I thought it's kind of weird for that audience. I thought it was very valuable, though, for my small business. You know, my customer base are small business people and side hustlers, and their misnomer is that as long as the theme is responsive, their whole site is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something I always have to teach. I don't care how responsive your theme is. If you add these crazy 20 meg pictures that you took off your iPhone, just because it's resized doesn't mean you're friendly with anything. So I thought it was, it was good for that, for that audience, but a strange place to have it published. Yeah, really, quite odd, really, but there we go. All right, then, um, I think we're going to go for a break, folks, and then we're going to come back for the main topic of the show, which is email marketing and automation in 2017. I've been looking forward to this chat because um, I've been delving in a bit of automation myself. Um, we'll be back in a minute, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back folks we've got a great panel i think i'm boring them they look like they're gonna fall asleep most of them but uh um, hopefully i can brighten them up a bit uh um but we've got on our main topic of this week email um i know it sounds Ooh. a little bit Oh, email in 2017 but when you look at the um statistics it's still one of the biggest return on investment you can make in marketing and then mm -hmm. you've got a lot of new um automization players that have entered the market like drip um and active campaign um you've got a lot of movement in the area i'm going to start off with jason because i think we touched on it when i when i was interviewing on wednesday jason about mm -hmm. email and that so there seems to be a lot um suddenly uh, a rather, let's say, 
um, I'm not I'm fighting for the right word here um, area of uh, marketing that didn't seem to be a lot of movement in it suddenly you've had a lot of players like drip active campaign a lot of other people and around automation and that what, what you're feeling about how things are going around this area in 2017 well, first of all, let's let's go ahead and just let's define marketing automation because um, most of the time it kind of gets attributed directly to email, um, where that's one of the probably the biggest spaces and one of the best opportunities to do it. Um, but automation really is just taking any kind of process that you would do in your business and turning a switch and just having it work without you having to you know touch it. That's probably one of the most basic ways to, to define it. So, um, but for, you know, for email marketing uh, and, and marketing automation, um, you know, this has been a really exciting year for me, especially the last couple of months, uh, because what was it, I think early May, uh, MailChimp announced that it was going to be offering their automation services for free, uh, which, was, uh, which was kind of huge and I think paved the way for a really amazing next couple of years uh, because anytime I think you offer anything that's like, that's free, um, like, like MailChimp's base level service, uh, a lot of exciting things are, 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 are in the forefront um, or in the, uh, in, for, in the future for us. So um, I'm excited to see what happens um, after that. Um, I know I, as a MailChimp user myself, uh, I had a base level account for the business, uh, didn't have enough, didn't have the need to, to upgrade, uh, but we finally upgraded in April um, because we wanted the marketing automation. Uh, I saw the announcement uh, come across my newsfeed and I immediately contacted my partner and I said, downgrade that um, because uh, it, was, it was now free so we could, uh, we could play in that space. But marketing automation, um, whether it's email, social media, um, uh, whatever is, is a great way for SMB type people uh, to level up their game. Uh, whether it's uh, whether it's a, a quick email a, after a uh, after a sign up, and then that immediately starts a whole drip campaign. Where one week out, three months out, six months out, you are continually touching and nurturing these customers. Um, it, it's completely marketing automation um, uh, on any level has completely changed the landscape. It's also being abused, uh, but it's completely changed the landscape for uh, small to medium-sized businesses. Oh, thanks, Jason. So, so what do you think, Mendel? Um, there seems to be over the past 18 months, two years, a lot of movement in this area, doesn't there? Yeah, uh, and I, I agree with the sentiment from Jason that uh, it's not just about email automation it's it's about business automation so um yeah. uh so i'm hacking together a, a site um hacking with geeks.com and the, it, there's something um like traffic traffic is going up like this right and email signups are going like this and and the 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 emails um and and the traffic by themselves aren't super meaningful okay like like it's it's great to have emails it's great to have traffic um, but when I compare activities on the site um, with activities in the email or intent, um, whether it's, you know, because there's an online store there. So uh, purchase intent with, um, with you know, uh, communications um, or visit intent, 
right? So there, there are guides. There's, there's, there's stuff on the site that's, that's content-based. Um, so visit intent um, to get people more interested in sharing things or coming back to visit and take a look before they head out on the weekend for a hike or something like that. All, all of those things are valid because remember the business isn't just about making sales, right? Um, sometimes you can make more sales sustainably over time by um, building building community or building um, some sort of uh, um, brand around what you're doing, right? So when I think of automation, I totally think of, um, since I'm a one-person show, I, I think, um, you know, how do I take uh, this this big thing, kind of like a trash compactor, right? I don't want I don't want to think of my site as just trash, but um, kind of like a trash compactor. You know, you you throw stuff in there, and and it it, it condenses, right? And that's kind of what automation is. Um, is you you uh, you have a big uh, group of tasks. You automate half of those. Now you have all of this time back over here. Um, where you can start doing more with the business. You can start growing, you can start prospecting, all those different things. So um, I, I think it's hugely valuable. The MailChimp thing was a big uh, big deal. I remember the same uh, conversation I had with myself. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm hemorrhaging money here, um, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, but I really want to sign up for marketing automation. Um, Drip is another, I mean, it was built from the ground up um, for marketing automation, so that's another... Another great one too, but um, yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Um, I, I also think it's something you have to do very, um, very slowly if, if you're doing it for the first time. Um, so if you're a, if you're a business owner and this is something you want to get your hands into, start slowly um, and yeah. do do one thing at a time, test it. Um, that's that's rolling great. And before you know it, you know, a year a year in, you're like, oh, holy crap! I have like 17 different automated emails, and I'm generating X amount of revenue from them and stuff like that. But, yeah, yeah. Before going to Kim, um, the other factor is um, like what both panelists have said. You know, it's not just only email. You know, you've got the whole area of um, there's um, bolts um, that um, services that generate automatic messaging, Facebook Messenger. There, there's the whole area of automatic text messages to mobile, um, it, um, which a lot of these um, email services were traditionally based in email, uh, expanding their project range. And they, they also combine it with a, um, customer management um, systems like um, ActiveCampaign. You pay a certain amount and you can get the... Um, customer management system included in their system so what what you because i think you've been playing around with setting up systems yourself kim haven't you i have i was excited about today because i i'm still in the learning phase i had a couple years ago quite a bit of automation set up and then kind of let it go by the wayside so now i'm i'm getting back into it playing a little bit with drip and a little bit with active campaign i i currently have get response but i'm looking for the next thing. So I was very excited about what you guys had to say. Now, I did have some experience with the MailChimp. And, and so, Jason, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, one of my clients is moving from MailChimp to Drip because they were just having a horrible time with the way MailChimp move, uh, is moving to the tagging. Mm -hmm. 
but they don't have it done to where they actually were able to segment the list the way it was supposed to happen. And they hired one of like the certified MailChimp people and they said, yeah, that's a bug we're having problems with right now. So it kind of killed some of their automation because they, they had the tags the way MailChimp told them to, but they couldn't segment. Yeah. Um, I have also had issues. I mean, every platform's not going to be the perfect solution, right? But um, I, uh, I've had some issues with list segmentation recently. Um, we were setting up uh, the, uh, the welcome email for our podcast uh, subscriber mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I mean, there's issues, but I will tell you, and this is not just because my sister works there. I mean, sister-in-law works there, uh, but uh, they have an awesome support team um, who's willing to go as far as you need to down the road to fix a solution. So um, they, uh, just from what they've told me, uh, they go through a ton of training. So like a lot of customer service people, okay, well you get a week and then now you take the reins. I mean, this was like a two or three month process. I think they had to go through, uh, to become trained and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I love MailChimp. I love the brand. Um, and, uh, I do hate oh, you, that you, they do have like, issues. You like the socks, don't you? <laughs> I do love, I do love the socks, uh, cause it is a perfect example of micro marketing, but that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, they do have issues with the, uh, the segmentation that I've seen, but I mean, I would hope that they would fix that sooner rather than later. And, um, you know, what kind of size, what size business was the, was your client that had to leave? Mm, I think there maybe 2,500 people on their list. Oh, that stinks. Um, yeah, yeah, it, I'm it, sorry it to hear that. Size, but anyway, yeah. I, I, I appreciate your feedback because it was one of those where I was like, I'm not the expert here. Yeah, I'm, no, I mean, they're, they're not alone. Else. It's not me. They're not alone. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, drip is a really great, um, uh, as Mendel was saying, drip is really great uh, uh, system to use uh, for marketing automation. There's a ton out there. A lot of mm-hmm. them uh, are freemium to try. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that I've been dying to try. I think it started in France. It's come to the U S now. I think it's called send in blue. Um, and, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of other tools out there to try. Um, but I would encourage listeners go out and just pick one, you know, um, uh, MailChimp is cool. They have a really cool culture. That's why I was leaning towards them initially. Uh, drip is great. Um, but there's just, no matter what you do, just get something started and just see, um, uh, your processes just change again, like Minda was saying, you know, uh, your prospecting will, will just change completely because you know that that part of your systems that you have that you've had in place for years, that was just you. Okay. Well, I always just copy this email and then I just change out the name and change these other pieces. And then I send it, uh, you know, how much is that of your day that you're doing? That's what maybe three or four minutes. Well, that's three or four minutes that you don't have to spend. Multiply that versus all of these people you're trying to prospect. And, you know, it's uh, it's a massive, massive shift in the time that you have as a small business owner to do more. Yeah, yeah I, I also think um, people are probably thinking when they're listening to the show, you know, why would I be, why do I need to look at this? And I just want to give some examples. Um like with WP Tonic, I'm head of sales. I'm head of almost everything. Uh, um, so, um, but um, I'm head of prospecting, and um, basically one of the things I do, folks, is that um, I prospect um, um, business to business clients. 
that might be looking for WordPress help. And then I send them a personalized handwritten letter um, mm. to the uh, VP of marketing. Um, and I've, I um, use various techniques to make sure that, uh, that the address is right. And then they get a series of automated email after the personal letter that I've sent to them. Um, and then if they show some interest, I, they're um, showing that they're reading. Um, you've got to be fussy with the um, email provider that you're using because um, you need to make sure your email get through. Um, mm. I'm not having a go. No, that's one of the reasons why I, myself I use Active Campaign because I found that they're one of the most they scrutinise where you got your list quite heavily, yeah. and I had to tell them the process that I was using, and they said they would they weren't totally happy, but they said they would observe and um, <laughs> um, um, and touch wood. I haven't had a lot of people mark it out up as spam because it's a very small target audience that i do this to um but um the email get through they don't end up in the marketing folder or the spam or the junk folder and after and then I, they get a phone call for me and i try and have a, a personal discussion with these people another thing is i have another business which is in the um real estate uh, agent area mel Wright. Um, where we provide a lot of services where automation is part of the service that we provide through Facebook um, and landing pages that send off a series of email to the prospects we're hoping to get for our clientele. So I'm just giving a broad picture of all the ways that automation might be used through landing pages, um, through text email um what do you think mendel um are there some resources that people can that you've used um to educate you around that that might be helpful to the listeners yeah uh <laughs> i think a lot of the materials that um that providers have on their websites are, are really great um so uh, mailchimp has um really spent a lot of time uh, building out tutorials. Drip has really spent a lot of time building out onboarding. Um, uh, like, call these people up and say, "Hey, you know, I, I have I have people coming to my website. I want to take it to the next level. Um, I have an online store. I have all these email addresses. I know I need to do something with them. What do I do?" Um, uh, my my, um, my my brother is just starting this journey, so I know. Um, kind of how how it how it begins. Um, he sells products uh, offline and online, um, and uh, he did something as simple as activating the the Square Readers um, feature for requesting an email address for opt-in at time of purchase, and um, and it's something as simple as saying, um, "Hey, thanks thanks for your purchase." You know, while you're standing there. Uh, give me your email address and I'll send you a coupon uh, later on for, for a deal on your next purchase. 99% of the people sign up. Um, now you have, uh, now you have a, a, a really great list and you can, you can start, um, start doing stuff. I, I, I would say the first thing before automation is um, start working on an email newsletter mm -hmm. or just segmentation um, mm -hmm. because that, that's like half the battle of getting your head around 
automation is understanding segmentation, understanding uh, that there are different audiences within your, your user base, and then just um, moving on from there and getting more sophisticated. So um, yeah, start, start, start simple and don't, don't overthink it because um, a lot of people, when they, when they think too much about it, then they never start, you know? So. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And uh, thanks for making those points, Bendel, because that's one of the part reasons why I thought we have to show um, is that I think it is definitely something you should investigate. Um, if you're getting a certain amount of traffic, I think the other thing people got to realize why they should look at these, these automations and that is the brutal fact that it takes a lot of effort to get people to come to your website and the facts is a lot of people that come to your website will never come back again when you look do you think that's another part of this jason um yeah it's it's uh it's a nurturing it, it all comes down to really nurturing um nurturing a prospect nurturing a customer um nurturing a past customer who left you um, it, it's all about fostering that relationship at whatever stage it is. So, um, uh, and you know, to piggyback off of uh, the direction that um, Mendel was going, the um, uh, if I had to start like in three places, uh, if I had to pick like three different automation campaigns specifically with email that I was going to start, the first one would be the welcome series. Uh, so like onboarding, that's, that's a huge place that I would focus for new customers is onboarding. So defining what that experience is and making sure that it aligns with your brand and uh, it provides value because that's at the end of every day, every automated response that you have needs to provide value to who you're talking to. Another place that I would start is a, um, uh, is a newsletter or like a, just a general nurturing campaign that you drop like at least once a month, that you drop like once a month. Right. So send them some valuable information that connects with them and uh, uh, gives them a reason to remember you. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Um, and then the last one I would do is I would try and start a win back campaign. Uh, so any kind of customers who leave you, um, uh, you, you immediately put them on a drip. So say like uh, three months out or something like that. Um, I would think that's about the time frame that somebody would have buyer's remorse. Uh, and so that's when I would start hitting them up with, you know, uh, a few targeted emails uh, to try and win them back. And, uh, you know, I, I said early on that it's marketing automation is not just about email, but email gets the biggest highlight is because an email address is marketing gold, right? So it's, it's the best thing that you have in order to connect with a, a past customer, a current customer, or a prospect uh, in order to uh, connect with them. Because email is not dead at all. Uh, it's a very, very large and thriving uh, tool to communicate with customers. But if I had to pick three different things that I would use to connect with people uh, as far as email marketing automation, I would start with those. Oh, I think that was great. Thank And also Mendel, because I, I think um, splitting your um, lists up, and this is the whole point. At a certain stage, this is why you need to look at automation because your list should be um, targeted at subgroups and it mm -hmm. tends not to. Um, so, Kim, uh, I, I've, sorry, oh, man, go on. Yeah, I, I was just going to say one other thing. Um, I, so, quality is really important too. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people a lot of people focus on like, ah, I need to grow my list. And it, needs, it needs to be huge. And in some cases, that's, that's totally true if you're looking at general peril or something like that. Um, uh, Camp Press, I'm, I'm sure all of you, uh, at least on this call, are aware of it. 
um, when when I got the the email list consists of um, a very small amount of people uh, compared to you know a gargantuan email marketing list that somebody would have for you know a general retail or something like that. Um, but a super high percentage of people on that list are are have converted to paying ticket holders because the the list is so targeted, right? And the people that signed up are are all interested in in what's being offered, right? And so so we're, I, you know I think I've converted you know like thirty percent of of the list or something like that. Like it, yeah. it's 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 a high percentage. And so just focus focus on quality first and then if you're like oh wow I'm trying to prospect outside of that then cool then 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 try and bring more people in but realize those people are a different segment too right they're they're less qualified leads so you have to talk to them differently yeah I think that's great Kim um, to kind of to wrap up because you know you're you, you've been in the area of membership sites and advising people on membership sites I would imagine this whole area of email marketing automation is so important you know, when you're dealing with membership sites, i.e. getting new customers, you know, people that drop out a course to reconsider coming back. Um, am I correct in that? And that's give some insights into that, Kim. Absolutely. And, and just like Mendel, what you were saying that uh, he had the square reader and the opt-in to go ahead and, and opt-in right there. Same thing we do when we use <clears throat> MemberPress. Uh, when they sign up, we go ahead and say, hey, join our newsletter too, and they can do it from right there. You can do it within uh, WooCommerce. So any of these options, you can, you know, you want to get them right there. My biggest tip for people is once you have them, consistency is key, just like with social media. Mm -hmm. Don't ignore them for a month or two years because you're going to all of a sudden get flagged as spam. If you've ignored your list over time, you've got mm -hmm. to nurture them, I think was the word you used, Jason, and yeah. that was perfect. I would also, Jonathan, you mentioned something, and depending on what you do, look around at not just email as far as the automation. Jonathan, you mentioned the SMS, the text messaging. I do a lot of public speaking, professional speaking, teach a lot of workshops, and I have a lot of friends who are you know, that is their core market. And anecdotally, they say that's where they get most of their stuff when they are on stage and they say, text this, and this is what you're going to get back from me. That's when they get it. So that will be something I'll be doing probably at uh, in Sacramento, and I'll tell you how it works. But that's something mm -hmm. I'm hearing from a lot of people from the stage. Get the text messages. It's easier to get them in the automation that way than the email from that location. Yeah, funny enough, I've mentioned it, but I despise it. People that text me, it drives me party, but it's totally effective. Um, it's really, you're, you, that's the other thing. Um, when I'm advising real estate agents, a totally different group to my WordPress community, you know, that really totally different, you know, you are going to get the old person that will mark you up at spam. It's a, a percentage. Don't freak out about it. Obviously, if like if it goes into the high twenties percent, you've got a slight problem. Um, but you, you're going to get the odd person that, and they, 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 you can still probably communicate with those people. They just 
not finding your particular email um, has value for them. So um, the, what one of the things, just to finish up, and um, is the landscape has become so broad, hasn't it? The technology that you can use now from text messaging to Facebook message to Twitter to email, it's just got so broad, hasn't it, Mendel? Would you agree with that? The choices, I think a lot of people, and I think you touched on this, didn't you? Keep it simple. Is that it's just the broad, the the landscape's so broad now, isn't it, Mendel? Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 with all of uh, with all of the broadness, right? S SMS and and email, and uh, you can do marketing automation with with Facebook and Twitter and retargeting and, and there's, there's a gazillion ways to do it. Um, again, keep it simple and, uh, and, and test, um, and decide what you want to get out of it before you test. Right. And, um, and determine whether or not, you know, measure your results, determine whether or not you got it and then go back. Uh, you, one one thing that you never want to do is spend money indiscriminately or spend time indiscriminately um, on on something that you haven't set a goal for and uh, that you can't measure because uh, then it's just pointless. Um, the the whole point of optimizing sales funnels um, or optimizing customer relationships is to get some sort of some sort of benefit or result. And if if you're not if you're not measuring after your testing, then uh, then it's pointless. So start simple, measure, test, and repeat. Uh, and just to wrap up um, before I ask the, uh, the great panel how we can get hold of them and learn some more about them is I'll give you some um, anecdotal uh, thing about email marketing. Uh, for the for the WP Tonic, um, I have a list of about. 3,000 people that um, from various sources, mostly people I've met or have signed up online. And um, I, I send out a regular monthly WP Tonic newsletter. And um, a lot of these people open it, they don't open it every month. And um, about less than a year ago, I had somebody approach me for some WordPress work and um, they've been receiving the email for over e over a couple of years, and they approached me, and I never heard of them before. I'd met them, but I'd forgotten them because we had met a couple of years before, and they've become one of my best clients um, now, um, a substantial part. Of, um, so you never know, because if they, as long as they don't unsubscribe, you might not hear from them for quite a period of time, but you're touching them, and... Um, um, it might not be the right moment that they become a client, but as long as they keep opening the email, keep reading it, there's a there's a chance that they will become a substantial client. So you've got to keep that in mind, folks. So I'm going to let the panel, let's start with Jason again. Um, how can people know more about you, Jason? Uh, you can find me online at jasonmarlow.com. That's M-A-R-L-O-W-E. Um, and, uh, same on Twitter at Jason Marlowe. Uh, you can hit me up at, uh, on our lunch break marketing podcast, uh, lunchbreakmarketing.com or on Twitter at lunchbreakmkt. Where they can learn even more about all this stuff yes. about marketing, can't they? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Mendel, how can people learn more about you, Mendel? 
Well, th thanks for asking, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> I'm always polite. <laughs> I mean, you got to give me, go give me five stars. I think you got to give me. So fo follow me on Twitter for a bunch of blather uh, at if you will it, uh, if you will it. Uh, that's on Twitter, Facebook. That's on the web too, uh, if you will it.com. And if you want to see what I'm up to uh, at GoDaddy, uh, you can check that out at GoDaddy.com slash pro. And I'm trying to get them to change that to GoDaddy.com slash pro isle or something like that. Something really corny, but uh, no luck. So go to that conversation. <laughs> uh, before going to Kim, actually, you travel an enormous amount. It got any insights, tips, or tricks about keeping healthy when you're traveling so much? Who? You, Mendel. No, oh, obviously oh, not Kim. Uh, yeah, no, I thought <laughs> she's I thought the one who got sick. Um, yeah, uh, stop worrying so much. Um, quit, quit cleaning your trays and, and, um, and, and, uh, you know, like covering, covering your, your neighbor's nose when they're sneezing. Um, take care of yourself, uh, eat well, um, eat healthily and, uh, and exercise while you're on the road. And, uh, yeah. And, oh, well. and do, do a little, we can become blood brothers too. Cause I have really good, uh, immunity. So. Oh, great. There you go, Kim. I thought I'd ask for you. Um, <laughs> Thank how, you. How, can, uh, um, how can people get hold of you? Uh, they can find me at Twitter at Kim Shivler. You can find me on KimShivler.com or WhiteGloveWebTraining.com, HowToBuildAnOnlineCourse.com, any of those. What's ironic is I almost never get sick. And my friends are like, I haven't seen you this sick since I've known you. And I used to be in IBM's worldwide team. Never once got sick. So I don't know what on earth happened this time, but obviously I will be going back to the old um, working on the immune system thing here when I'm once we get rid of this thing. Wait, and Kim, people people are can see you presenting somewhere soon. Where where is that? I will be at WordCamp Sacramento. Oh in, yes, as with as will you, Mendel, yeah. as will oh, Sally. All right, the posse. All right, I'm, oh. I will be there, but I won't be presenting, but I'll be hovering. Oh, I think we need to do a WP Tonic version while we're there, because so many of us will be there. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do a live post. record. The whole po yeah, no, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd be able to throw things at me, you know, even better. <laughs> uh, um, Let's definitely do it. Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, now I'm up for it. Uh, um, so, how can people get hold of me, folks? It's really easy. You can either Twitter me at Jonathan Denwood. I also reply to my email if you need any help, advice, or you've got any suggestions about guests or subjects that we should be covering. Just email me, Jonathan at wp-tonic.com. You can go to the Tonic Facebook page. You can message me text me whatever you want to do uh, I'm available I'm, I'm or I try to be that's, that's true I think it's been a great show folks hopefully you got some insight I think we've had a great panel and we'll be back next week for another episode of WordPress news and main subject see you later folks bye bye thanks for listening to WP Tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week <laughs>